going on welcome back you know what it is jenna and gerard we're doing our western conference preview today baby how we doing over there gerard well uh better than some people in the nba i would imagine right now (laughs) (laughs) the tea is so hot yes yes I'm laughing. I shouldn't be laughing because it's so dramatic that like it would literally be one of the best series on any streaming platform ever. I would watch it over and over. I mean, it, sh- it should be on Bravo. I mean, the NBA is a soap opera. It should be on Bravo. The Real Housewives of the NBA. <laughs> well, they kind of already have that, don't they? Kind of like is it like what was the one Basketball Wives? It's like <laughs> oh, Basketball Wives, but this ain't anything. This is gonna actually be part of the real Housewives franchise. You know how they take I don't know if you know this, but now they've expanded into taking the husbands oh. and doing different things with them. So the husbands like go out and like do their thing. They just get messed up and I was gonna curse. All right. Before we get too off path here, because you know how I am with the housewives. Um let's kick things off with Kyrie Irving because it's been the biggest headline of the week and it's only Tuesday Mm -hmm. so this is definitely problematic because my stress shouldn't come until at least Wednesday (laughs) and then shake it off by the weekend we pray anyway the Nets uh, general manager Sean Marks confirmed on October 12th the day that we are recording this that Kyrie Irving will not play this season until he is eligible under New York's COVID-19 vaccine mandate which it reprimands players to be at least half vaccinated, one shot of COVID-19 vaccine. And so far, we are under the impression that Kyrie Irving is not vaccinated, seeing as he's not with his team. So huge news, huge hit for the Nets until it's really figured out what's going to happen in Brooklyn. I always say this, but for any new listeners, <laughs> my guy Gerard here is in and out of the locker room when it's COVID friendly <laughs> because he covers the team heavily. So the floor is yours, Gerard. Tell us what's going on and what's the latest because this was a bombshell today. It, it was. And, you know, Sean spoke to us um, at about noon today um, via Zoom because it was a really a qu- last minute put together thing. So nothing was done in person. Um, and the team is basically got to a point where they're like, look, the rubber met the road, should have get off the pot, right? And this is kind of what they had to do. Because if you remember, Jenna, I said, the Nets have a goal of winning the NBA championship. In order to do that, all the people on your boat must be rowing in the same direction at the same tempo. You can't have one person going backwards or going sideways. No, no, no. That's going to mess up the whole direction of the boat. Number one. Number two, this is the NBA and an NBA season. Something else is going to happen in the course of this season. What? I don't know. And oftentimes, multiple somethings happen, right? Whether that be injury, whether that be trade, whatever situation may be. So if your goal is to win a championship, why would you... have self-inflicted things on your team to start the process. That doesn't help, right? That makes it worse. And so they would have had people like me and in the media asking every day, 
What about Kyrie? What about Kyrie? Right? And it would have gotten annoying. So the Nets said, you know what? We're not going to have that problem. Home or road, it doesn't matter. Until Kyrie Irving meets the vaccination uh, standard, he will not be with the team. So he won't practice. And remember, that's important because last Friday, it had come out that because the Brooklyn Nets HSS training facility is a private office, that they were going to allow him to practice uh, at, while, while the team was at home. The Nets were like, nah, forget that. No practice, no home games, obviously, under the New York City mandates. And the, the thought was, well, he could be a part-time player on the pale and play on the road. Nah, Sean Marks was like, nope, you ain't right. playing on the road either. Zero. So you are basically separated from the team. And Jenna, this had to happen. And Sean was asked today, well, did KD and, and, and James Harden sign off on this? Now, Sean Marks is an excellent GM. And of course, he's going to protect Kevin and James. And he said, the decision to move on without Kyrie came from me and owner Joe Sy. The players were kept informed about what we were doing throughout the whole process, but this was our decision. Now, that's excellent, Sean doing his thing. Jenna, you and I know, Sean and Joe cannot make this decision unless Kevin Durant and James Harden okay it and sign off, right? That is how the NBA works. The power mm-hmm. players dictate what happens. And, they, and Kevin said, you know what? Cool, move forward. Now, here's the interesting thing, Jenna, because you brought this up last week. How does what has happened to the relationship between Kevin and, and, and Kyrie? Mm-hmm. Now we know Kevin is not a confrontational guy. That's not his thing. He's come out and he said, I'm not someone to go tell a guy what they got to do and what, and what they, and what they don't do. Right. Kyrie's got to make the decision on his own. Well, at some point it needs to be severed ties completely, right. From the team standpoint, because we don't want to say, well, cause then you know what's going to happen. All right. A couple of weeks go by. Everybody forgets mm-hmm. about it. No one asks. But then come January, February, it's like, hey, you know what? What if Kyrie decides to get his get his vaccination? He comes back in March. This team's going to be blah, blah, blah. They're going to be so much better. All this thing. And it's like, that's going to be another soap opera and story you don't need heading towards the playoffs, the most important time of the year. So this mm-hmm. is phase one of the Brooklyn Nets. And I believe from sources and people I've talked to, the next phase is, putting a deadline, an ultimatum on, yo, you are either with us this season at some point, right? And the deadline date for that is X. And if you're not, yo, contract voided, whatever we got to do through the CBA, uh, collect the bargaining agreement, done. So that way we don't have to answer any questions about this and we just move forward with the team we have. Because Jenna, here's the other important thing. I said they want to win a championship, right? Kevin Durant and James Harden are not 25 or 26 years old players, right? who in theory have a long playoff, you know, long road ahead of them. Mm-hmm. They're on the back nines of their careers. Now, they're not going to retire anytime soon, but they only have so many opportunities left to win a championship. These guys are in their 30s now, early 30s. You know, this, this ain't going to happen every year. So, hey, Kyrie, should I get off the pot, my guy? We're going to move forward without you. And I think this is the right move for the Nets to make. I completely agree. This is the Nets putting down the hammer it is them saying hey we're we're acting in the best interest of the team from the get-go which is super important because if they try to play the cover-up game try to navigate around the rules and the whole you can be here part-time thing that is so messy I can't even begin to dive into the possible scenarios that would come out of that so they dodged that great great move on their part what I thought was super interesting was 
the way Marks worded certain things, he said, this is Kyrie's choice. We expect it. But he gave us no choice Mm -hmm. other than to make Mm -hmm. this decision that Mm -hmm. we prohibit him from being a part-time player. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what Kyrie thinks about that decision and if how he feels about it, just because a lot of people would take that, especially the star player as, Hey, you don't have my back, but who knows? I'm not saying that's how Kyrie feels. I'm just saying it's interesting. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Cause you don't have a team turning their back on like a LeBron James. Not that I'm comparing him and Kyrie, but you know what I mean? One of the franchise faces at this point, aside from Durant. Uh, that is an excellent point you bring up, Jenna. And Sean addressed that today to us when he's like, I don't want to get into how Kyrie feels. I'm sure Kyrie and his team aren't happy about it. But you said it correctly, Jenna, when Sean said Kyrie had his own choice. And we 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 are okay with the fact that everyone has their own choice to make as it relates to their own bodies and their own health. That is a factual statement. However, and this is very key, Jenna, that most people don't seem to understand. Freedom of choice does not mean freedom of consequences, okay? You can choose to do just about whatever you want, okay? You can choose that. You are free to do that. However, you're not free of the consequences as a result of your choice. And the Nets decide, hey, man, we're not going to have a part-time player here. Because think about that, Jenna. You're messing up the chemistry. So we go on a road trip yeah. for eight games. All right, Kyrie is here. Shit's good. Then all of a sudden we're home for a six-game homestand. Well, he's not here. What, 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 you, that's, what is that? So on, off, on, off. No, we're not. Nah, nah. No. Sean said it's not fair to the team. It's not fair to Kyrie because also if he is away from the team, right? Sean's like, I don't know what he's doing practice-wise and how he is ramping up from a physical health standpoint to get on the court to be at his best self. That's just... And to your point, Jenna, it's just silly. Like, who ever heard of that? Like, that's just, no, nobody is doing that. So right. I think it's it's it makes sense on all sides. And again, Kyrie now has to sit with himself and, and, and ask himself the question, how much do I actually care about basketball and basketball with this team, my brothers, right? Who he always says, Kevin and I came here together to do this thing, blah, 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 build this team, win champ. Okay. How much of that do you really believe and mean and want to? And are you willing to sacrifice? Because, yo, Jenna, that's the name of the game. No team that wins title does so without sacrifice. That's how this is played. So if you want to do that and roll with us, cool. Mm -hmm. That is part of the definition of being a true winner is sacrifice. Sacrifice of something. And at this point, again, I know this is a... uh, special case of a global pandemic. I mean, that what are we really asking we him to sacrifice? I mean, of. come on. <laughs> but what about, what about the thing, the deals that you made with people? Hey, Kev, you know, let's go do this thing. Let's run it. Like, let's go get a chip in Brooklyn. Ba, 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 ba. All right. You leave here. You come here. All right. Well, okay. Now you want to put this team's fate in jeopardy because of a decision for yourself, which I respect, but this is a team situation. We were talking about Malika Andrews's mm-hmm. uh, response before. This is a consequence that you are facing as a team now. It's a team for a reason. I get per- peripheral treatment and things like that, but this is something that is just yeah, very, very. Not to uh, mention the we are in a global pandemic, as you mentioned, Jenna, and the and getting the vaccine is 
a good thing for everyone, not just yourself, but your loved ones, your teammates, the people you come in contact with, the arena workers, all that. You are doing public good, not just yourself, but good for everyone. So, you know, it's like my guy, again, should I get off the pot? And the second piece you brought up there about star player, etc. Here's also why the Nets were able to do this, Jenna. Make no mistake. I want to be very clear. Kyrie Irving is a phenomenal player. He was 50-40-90 last year, all NBA third team. Like, you don't just replace that off the street. One of the more skilled yeah. guys we've ever seen in the history of this game. That is, there's no denying that. But let us also be clear. The best player on this team is Kevin Durant, okay? Like, mm-hmm. that is the player whom their championship hopes are tied to. And because they have James Harden now as well, and the pickup of Patty Mills in the offseason and drafting Cam Thomas. See, one thing about Sean Marks is Sean Marks, great GM, very clever, smart guy. He reads the tea leaves. What do we know about Kyrie? He's kind of an enigma, right? You never know. The dude could just bug out and decide, I'm taking two weeks off. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Again, when your goal is to win a championship and you need someone to be dependable and there all the time, you cannot count on Kyrie doing that. So guess what? James Harden was the insurance for that. Getting Patty Mills, extra insurance. And drafting Cam Thomas. So honestly, Jenna, if Kyrie's not there this season, they're going to be fine. I would still pick this team to win the NBA championship. Now, with Kyrie, they are an overwhelming favorite if everybody's healthy, right? Because then it's just like, well, that's just an embarrassment of riches. But I still think with (laughs) Kevin Durant, James Harden, and the rest of that team, if those guys are all together and healthy, that's still good enough to win a championship. Very interesting take. That was also one of my questions. Um, (laughs) Really quick, though, because I did find this very interesting for people trying to dissect the situation. And when I say people, I mean fans and um, others following this entire situation that is like no other. Kyrie Irving, say this goes the distance. So we travel into the season, right? He is going to miss all home games. That's 41, including two more because it's at MSG. So same New York laws. Mm -hmm. That salary is going to, he's not going to get the money for those games missed. Correct. Per the law. However, he's going to get the money that he's owed for road games because it is the team's decision not to play him. Correct. So he could be a part-time player. He technically. could, technically, but, but, the, but the team the doesn't team's want to. Yeah. Choice. Yeah. This is something that a lot of people haven't differentiated yet, though. Yeah. So he will get half of that uh, paycheck mm-hmm. on his, what, $34 30, million yeah. contract? I mean, so he's basically get $15, 16000000 million for sitting at home. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad yeah, work. Not, not bad at all. <laughs> I mean, I think we'd all be all right <laughs> with that, you know, and then some. What's up? You get, you get a car. You get a car. So, um... But yeah, I just wanted to point that out because a lot of people aren't separating that and thinking that he's not getting paid at all or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. very, very interesting. He has yet to publicly address any of this going on in the media. Not that he does. It's very rare when he does. However, he's going to go on Instagram live and, you know, do his thing. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know. I get so nitpicky when it comes to this narrative stuff, you know me, but he, he logged on Instagram live and I was working at the time. So were you, I'm sure. So I knew something was going on. So I swipe right on and he's like, just kind of like laughing in the camera, like, all right, I'm doing media day virtually, but haha, I'm definitely doing it here too. Like, 
you just want us to hear on live what you're saying just so it's like out there right. like every I get it you're protecting yourself but it's just like come on you say you don't want to be the distraction but Oh but you are. This is exactly what you're doing. This is 100%. Say that. 100%. My man's up here. But I don't know. But by the Nets making this move, though, it ceases to be a distraction right now, right? They're like, look, yes. he's not with us until he decides what he's going to do. We, and then mm-hmm. the last thing I'll say on this, Jenna, is yeah, as the, te- the the team now, so the rest of the players, they weren't. This is an off day, so they weren't in the in the at practice today. Tomorrow, when they're at practice, and they have media availability. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would do if I were the Nets players: answer any Kyrie questions tomorrow, right? Because Okay, they're going to have them, whatever. But I'd be making it very clear. After today, I am not answering any more Kyrie Irving questions. You want to know what's going on with Kyrie? Go talk to him. Like, yeah. from now on, this we're we're the about team. the business of this team and getting the season started yeah. right next Tuesday. We go to Milwaukee to defending champs. We got a big game to open the season. That's what we're focused on right now. No more Kyrie questions. Simple as that. Yeah. And move forward. I'd honestly, yeah, I'd be like, hey, um... If somebody wasn't at practice today, I'm not answering the question. So, because they weren't here, so I can't answer anything about. Again, them. as I so. said, you go go talk to Kyrie. You find him and ask him questions. We're we're yeah. good, done. And that is all she wrote. However, <laughs> there's going to be so much more tomorrow because <laughs> when that media availability opens up, you're going to see them running through the gates like friggin' bats <laughs> out of hell. That's it. They're going to be like microphones in the face, everything. All right, let's move on, though, because uh, Kyrie remains a mystery that we can't crack tonight, that we don't have enough time on the fucking tape. Oop, excuse me. <laughs> it's all right. It happens. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> this is how upset he has me. All right, let's move on to uh, another soap opera in its own because this one is just continuing to unravel in ways unimaginable. So Ben Simmons, who has been, as you guys know, hopefully if you haven't been following, having a holdout with the Sixers, he shows up at Wells Fargo Center where they're having a preseason game where they actually won and beat the Nets um, on Monday night. And he shows up early. They expected him later in the week and to take a COVID test, start the protocol to come back and be with the team. But Interestingly enough, he still hasn't spoken out and the standoff is still on. So a lot of people don't realize, um, which I wanted to point out, is that just because Simmons is back in Philly does not mean that he's going to be fully rejoining the team that we know of right now. He could choose to sit and, you know, hopefully wait out for a trade. Who knows? But Simmons is back in the city of brotherly love. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Because I don't think he's on the left. I was going to say, well, the city certainly ain't got no love for him. That's for sure. Look, Heck no. Not he, anymore. He and Rich Paul, in my estimation, played this poorly. Um, because again, Jenna, they had no real leverage. Ben had four, has four years left on that deal. Like, it isn't like he's got one year left or whatever. It's four years still left on that deal. He had no leverage, and clearly, the the prospect of missing all those game checks was like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this. It's like, yeah, listen, maybe you weren't really about that life. You know, they thought Rich and Clutch thought they could force Daryl Morey's hand. And look, there's one thing you know about Daryl: Daryl is stubborn AF. Okay, like he's gonna dig in his heels, and Daryl's gonna only move unless. It is in the best interest of the Philadelphia 76ers in his mind. So he's waiting for the trade that he wants, not what you want. That's yeah. number one. Number two, again, 
Daryl also does not care about people feeling uncomfortable or and let me tell you right now, because Daryl's cool with it, because he ain't in the locker room, so he don't care. That locker room is going to be awkward as fuck, okay, when Simmons does eventually come back. Because here's what's happening. He wouldn't come back to Philly and start the COVID testing process if he was not going to somewhat somehow rejoin the team. Now, here's what I'm thinking is going to happen. He's going to rejoin the team. However, that's going to work in terms of him and, and the team sort of somewhat coming together. Does he do the hardened thing where he tries to play so poorly that they're like, we got to get you out of here again? Remember what I just said? Daryl doesn't care about awkwardness or things being weird. Does yeah. he start and uh, and play a couple of games, uh, tweak an ankle and then, oh, my ankle's hurt and then sit out for, you know, another six, seven, eight weeks because he's injured. Who knows? These things are all in play. Um, again, Rich and, and, and Clutch, they have no real leverage here. Their only hope was that to make the situation untenable, that way they forced Daryl to move him. But Daryl's not like that. Like, that's not his MO. Uh, the, only, the only thing, the way that will make that work is if the players start getting annoyed with what's going on, and then Sixers governor Josh Harris says to Daryl, I don't care, make a move. Those are the things. So the pressure points get, some, get to a point where people outside of Daryl, the players get annoyed, Josh Harris, the governor, gets annoyed, and he says, Daryl, I don't care. Move him. Those would be the things that would force his hand. But otherwise, Daryl ain't doing anything. I, here's what bothers me. Like, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, where is Uncle LeBron? What is he saying? Because <laughs> this is pathetic. It's pathetic. I'm sorry. You, like, you get wiped in the media. And I, when I say the media, I'm not talking about our fellow journalists. I'm talking about the weatherman on news whatever in Philadelphia <laughs> calling you a dumpster fire. And he doesn't even know what a technical foul means. Like, <laughs> this is bad. And, and, and then I think to myself, okay, you ever go to work when we were, you know, before COVID yeah. and like something would happen maybe in the office and you were like, oh God, how am I going to face my coworkers? Mm, yeah, sure, you know, sure. we've all been there. Yeah, of we've course. Yeah. Imagine that times one billion. Oh, it's going trillion, to be whatever numbers so you can think of. awkward. In that locker room. I mean, there is no way. I mean, unless this guy's bringing in like, I don't even know, Bugattis. Is that a car? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that doesn't even. And, and here's the thing, <laughs> Jenna. Everybody. Like this, this is how it yeah. also is going to be weird because Ben is not a confrontational kind of guy. That's not his thing. Right. So it's going to be even more awkward on top of that. See someone like Jimmy Butler, right? Jimmy is loves confrontation. So Jimmy Butler could pull something yeah. like this and it would be fine. Right. He'll go to practice. Like we, heard, we heard the whole story that happened out of Minnesota. Right. He goes to practice. He just dominates the game. He starts like punking everybody like because Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy can do that. He is a confrontation, get in your face kind of guy. That's his, that's his jam. So nothing's going to make him feel awkward. That ain't, Ben ain't wired that way. He doesn't, he doesn't roll that way. So I don't really know how this is all going to play out. And again, how things are going to fare in that locker room. Look, the trust between Ben and the organization is severed, right? He doesn't trust Doc. He doesn't trust Daryl. Like he doesn't trust Joel. Like, I mean, it's just, right. I mean, we heard about it last week. Those guys wanted to fly out there to meet him. He was like, nah, I'm good. Right? Like, I mean, there is no trust there. And when the trust is broken in any relationship, Jenna, love, life, whatever, work, it doesn't matter. When the trust ain't there, that is not the foundation for any good relationship. 
Amen. I mean, listen, don't let your girl give anybody relationship advice. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, um, inside joke. Um, <laughs> I'm dying. But for real though, like, I mean, listen, this, you know, you have things that are blown up. You have things that are this and that, but like, one thing we do know about this situation is that it is messy and it is awkward. And I am sorry. I don't care who you are, what profession you have. This is awkward for you to have to walk into work and face everybody. You know what I really think? What if he pushed and pushed and pushed, you know, wanted this holdout, like was like, I'm Ben Simmons. I know my worth, this mm -hmm, and that, mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. But then he didn't expect for a trade. Like, I think he expected some trade to happen, something. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was just super angry and just wanted a trade so bad. And then when it didn't, he was like, shit. Well, like, he, I'm stuck. Do I really sit out this season or do I go back and suck it up and, like, figure it out? Well, the big thing, Jenna, of course, as I mentioned before, is it starts getting real when you start missing them game checks. Okay? Like, life <laughs> all of a sudden gets – because, again – it isn't, <clears throat> excuse me, it isn't as though Ben is on his second max contract. He is on his rookie max extension, right? Again, with four years left. He hasn't banked $200 million already in this league or $100 million, whatever, like Kyrie has. where he's. Mm -hmm. So Kyrie could, all, for all intents and purposes, be like, I'm good. I got enough cash in the bank. I'm straight. Ben really ain't there yet. Now, he's made money in his career, to be clear. But he's not quite there yet. So the prospect of missing that money and then again, just missing the game. It's like, are you really going to sit out an entire year of basketball? The thing you love to do. development, everything. All that. Yeah. You're going to sit out a year of ball? Really? So, you know, again, we'll see what develops in Philly. But it's, whoo. Last thing we'll say on this before we go to our conference preview in the West. You know who's loving all this right now, Jenna? Hmm. The Milwaukee Bucks. They're like. Yes, our two chief rivals in the conference, dumpster fires going on. Philly, Ball they got Ben Simmons doing who knows what. Kyrie is in and out. Who knows? Milwaukee's Let like, us fly under the radar. We are the defending champs, and we are flying under the radar, and ain't nobody thinking about us. Our superstar is only 26. He's staying in Milwaukee. He's re-up. We good to go. Hey, just saying. Heck, yeah. Um, really quick last note on Simmons. Um, you said, you know, basically shit gets real when you start losing those checks and the numbers actually you start seeing them add up uh $360,000 for each of two preseason games that he missed just two preseason games yeah, that's that not counting the practices which add up to what 15k this is all according to the NBA's collective bargaining agreement via ESPN that gets taken but, out of that 8 million that's sitting in escrow yep. right now so yeah I mean it's, in that you know, 8 million yeah, yeah. 8.25 so yeah he is uh saying goodbye to a lot of money, so we shall see. <laughs> They're supposed to reportedly meet on uh, Tuesday, Simmons and the front office, so that should be really fun. And see maybe, um, yeah, somebody will come out and say something wild, so uh, we can only pray. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, shift gears here because now we get to the fun stuff. Let's can the dramatics a little bit here because <laughs> even your girl gets tired of that. So conference outlook here guys now as if you guys watched last week's eastern conference preview you know that we're gonna go down the line between lottery bound teams playoff contenders solid playoff teams and then our title contending teams and basically dumpster fire to good so <laughs> we should fly through the lottery bound pretty quick at this point because let's talk about okc what is even happening there i mean at all? i said this last week oklahoma city Tell me what the difference is between what OKC is, OKC is doing right now 
and what the Philadelphia 76ers did under Sam Hinkie during the trust the process era. Same thing, right? Putting out a crap product, <laughs> putting out a crap product to hope to get a number one draft pick and continue to draft. Um, listen, they have Shea Gilders Alexander and poor SGA. I mean, this is a, this is a guy who like has got a star potential all over him, but that roster, yikes. Look, we talk about Sam Presti all the time and all these draft picks he collected and all that. And it's like, look, man, because Oklahoma City is not a free agency destination, right? You're not going to get free agents to come there. So they're going to have to draft well and then trade uh, picks to get guys who are already good under contract. So that's what's going to be happening there. But this team's going to be awful this year. So no no need to talk about that more. Free SGA. Moving on. I gotta love it. Listen, big fans of SGA over here. Good guy. So let's move on here and talk about the Houston Rockets, because although they are a young team now and they are more in a developmental stage, they have Jalen Green and co. And he has been balling in preseason. Yes. Pump the brakes. It's just preseason, Jenna. Well, he's got some really great hair. So even if he sucks, (laughs) he's going to win at something. So just let it go. All right. That, that's all I have to say about that. But really quick, yeah, they have him. They have um, Christian Wood, Kevin mm-hmm. Porter Jr., um, Kenyon Martin Jr. And Chase on, Chase on Tate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the future looks good in Houston. But let's talk about right now why they are lottery bound, of course. Well, because young guys, as you know, Jenna, don't win in this league. It could, it, you, they don't know what they're doing yet. It's going to take them a while. But I like the promise and potential they have, right? Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Chase on Tate, the people all you mentioned, right? Like, Maybe there's something there. Christian Wood, right? How good can Christian Wood be? He's super skilled. Gets a little overpowered sometimes by bigger, super strong mm-hmm. centers. But they got some nice young talent there. Do Are any of these people that we mentioned, are they the potential cornerstones and building blocks for a, a future team, right? Of course, they assume that with Jalen Green because they drafted him uh, with their number one pick, right? Christian Wood, perhaps. Jay Sean Tate, excellent defender. We shall see what it all develops into. Paul Silas, listen, you know. You signed it. You got this job a year ago. You had James Harden. You got Demarcus Cousins, John Wall. You thought, hey, we about to do something. And then, no. Speaking of John Wall, of course, we know uh, they will likely buy him out and move him uh, somewhere else. So, you know, hopefully John Wall can get on with a contender somewhere, play backup point guard and, you know, do some stuff there. Reinvent himself in that way. Hopefully in the East. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? Um... <laughs> Let's move on and talk about uh, one of the faves on the pod for a long time, the Minnesota Timber Puppies, Mm, because they are lottery bound (laughs) and still Timber Puppies, Mm. because, yeah, they're just not doing really too good. However, they do have three solid pieces in Cat, Anthony, or, uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards, and... um, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell, who who knows where he'll be at the trade deadline, but that's another conversation (laughs) for another time. But let's talk about this trio. A lot of potential, but they have a lot of work to do in Minnesota. I mean, Jenna, let's also not forget that they fired their GM the day that training camp started. Like, what? This, 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 yeah, that This too. franchise is a disaster. Look, are we going to start the free... <laughs> drama. We, we're going to start the free cat, you know, uh, campaign. Hey, I mean... You know, it works with AD. Carlton so. Towns has got to get out of there. Look, I think Anthony Edwards Bad. is fun and exciting. I re- and, you know, I think he's... Not only is he exciting as a player, and he got better every year um, last year as a rookie, he also is an excellent media interview and quote. Like, he he gets it. Like, you know what I mean? He gets it. He this is entertainment. As, as the kids say, he understands the, he understands the assignment, right? Like, There's a lot of brand deals in his future, as without the adults question. say. And as the kids say. <laughs> he's, he's wonderful. But, you know, again, he's young. 
D'Angelo Russell, I mean, he's he is what he is, right? Like, I just been Kat, on a plateau for a minute. For as good as Cat is, like, I just don't know if he's ever going to reach the heights he wants to in that organization. And it's just been nothing but turmoil. The new coach again, it's just I'm not holding out a lot of hope there. So moving on. Question about Cat that's mm. gonna make me sound super critical. However, I don't mean it like that. Um is Cat as good as we were convinced to think he is alongside Jimmy Butler? Or is Cat just not as good as what he was hyped up to be? No, Cat, I mean, Cat is so skilled. He is so good. He is excellent. Um, you know, last year, of course, the COVID bouts and all that and some injury, uh, some injuries have happened. But when this guy is right and it's playing, I mean, he is, he's, the, he's the future five, right? Stretch you out the three-point land, can score inside, rebound. I mean, he is, he's a beast. Like, he's so good, right? And he's still very young, right? Um, so I just think that he just needs the right scenario and environment around him. And honestly, Jen, it's not Minnesota right now. And does he get to a point where he says, you know what? Get me the hell out of here. <laughs> does he pull that move? Get me out. Because Minnesota is atrocious. The thing with them is, uh, really quick, he's one of those uh, Damian Lillard types that's like, I want to live and here for the rest of my life I mean, and great. just finish my career here. And, but play, it's like, and, and play losing basketball your whole career? Sounds awesome. Yeah, like, in Minnesota, <laughs> out of all places. Right, great. <laughs> um, good luck. But let's move on because another team that needs luck and that is lottery bound is the New Orleans Pelicans because it's like they basically cleared house. I mean, you just saw so many guys just trudge through there a little bit and then... You have one left in Zion Williamson who is just dealing with a broken foot. Jenna. So, or I'm sorry, surgery from yeah. a broken foot that we didn't know occurred um, in the off season. I mean, th- is it time for him to be like, <laughs> let's remember the number one pick of the draft. He already signed a Jordan deal, has a shoe, the whole nine. Is it time for him to be like, get me out of here? Look, this is Zion's third season. He's already on his third head coach. Willie Green, the new coach, the New Orleans Pelicans. Like what? Again, what is going on with this franchise? Now, Zion and Brandon Ingram, those two alone should be enough to win you 44 games and get into at least a play-in, right? So I kind of asterisk the Pelicans because they really shouldn't be in a lottery category. They should be in playoff contenders. But I don't know what's going to happen to this team. Every year something goes on. Zion with the foot. Will he stay healthy this year? I don't know. Um, are they sure about Nikhil Alexander-Walker? Can he develop? Willie Green, who I think will be a, a good coach coming from Phoenix, this is his first year. you got to give him some time. There's going to be some learning, some development, right? They're putting in a whole new system. I just, again, New Orleans, what are we doing? And to your question about, you know, Zion looking to move. Look, we already know all the stories that came out about the Knicks and all that. Will he try to get out of here? Let's also remember that they have to, no rookie has ever turned down the rookie max extension, which Zion will get, right? So it's going to be very hard for him to walk away from 200 odd some million dollars. But who knows? I just, this team is, I just don't trust organizationally right now. Like what's Griff and Trajan Langdon doing? Like what are they doing? Stan Van Gundy was here a year, a year. And he was like, oh no, it's, it's not working. So with New Orleans, it's show me. You, you got to show me because I don't believe it right now. You tell him. You tell him. <laughs> Listen, you're going to write my next freaking breakup speech. Show me. Oh, my God. Uh, Show me moving. you love me. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. All 
right. Moving on, because God, my love life is a boring story. Let's not talk about the Sacramento Kings. What's Luke Walton doing there with the ace in De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley? You would say that, that those two enough can help you at least potentially make the play-in or something close to that. Well, we're riddled by injury with Bagley a lot of the time. Is De'Aaron Fox due for a breakout season? Tyrese Halliburton? Like, what, yeah. what are we doing in Sacramento? You see, you know what the common theme is, Jenna, among all the teams that are in the lottery section, like that we think are lottery bound? We just have questions. And so all we're doing is asking yeah. questions. So many questions. Because we, we don't know, and if we don't know, they damn sure don't know. Look, uh-huh. Sacramento, the, one of the original dumpster fire teams, Luke Walton. <laughs> are we sure he's a good head coach? No, I actually are sure about that. He's not. I like the I like De'Aaron Fox and I like Tyrese Halliburton, but what are they? Are can can De'Aaron Fox be the best player on a championship team? I don't think so. Tyrese Halliburton's only in year two coming up, so time to see. Marvin Bagley, I'm sorry to say, listen, of that vaunted draft class with Luca, DeAndre Ayton, Jaron Jackson Jr. and everybody, mm-mm, that pick was not good. It is not working out in Sacramento. And again, we always talk about this, Jenna. So much of a player's development and who they ultimately become and do they reach their full potential depends on who drafts them. We know Sacramento ain't sure. good. They're not a good organization. So, you know, this guy is kind of, he's out there in like no man's land in many ways. And then Buddy Heald, are they going to move him? We thought he was going to go to the Lakers over the summer, right? That's where all the talk was. Um, you know, is he someone that gets moved? Because again, in Sacramento, uh, they have young guys who... Could be something, but what? What what is that something? What are they? We don't know. And do they have do they have a direction? What is your direction as a team and as a franchise? I don't know. So yeah, you know. That's a big question mark. Same thing in San Antonio with the Spurs under the legendary Greg Popovich. And we have, you know, DeJounte Murray, who's way due for a breakout season after that injury, ACL. So what about what about this? I like DeJounte Murray. He looked good coming off the ACL, I think. He does. I think he's a good player. Excuse me. Um, you got Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker the fourth, um, young guy, Devin Vassell, uh, Josh Primo this year, rookie, and they got Zach Collins from Portland. They have a lot of guys. Jakob Pertle. <laughs> I mean, they got guys, but again, who and what are they? Losing DeMar DeRozan, their lone all-star. Uh, no Aldridge, right? Like, I just... Who's who's the guy, right? Like, Jenna, we know if you're going to go to the playoffs in this league, you got to have a guy, right? Like that? Yeah. Right? Like that? Who's that in San Antonio? That, all right, this is how you can get us a bucket, no problem. Who is it? Maybe. I mean, is, out of that pool of Maybe guys, it's Jante Murray. Jante Murray? Right, but is he good enough, right, with the rest of those pieces around him? He's still proving that. I so, mean, that so, was supposed yeah. to be the ACL season. So yeah. So I think San Antonio, much like New Orleans, Jenna, is going to hover around that. Maybe we get into that play-in area because I just don't, you know. And you yeah. gotta give Pop some, and there's some institutional knowledge there, but I just, I just don't love it. I'm like, mm, it's it's not it's risky. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Well. That was boring. Let's talk about playoff contenders because this is where the conversation amps up a little bit because these teams actually have somewhat of a blueprint. So let's talk about the Mavericks because, of course, we have the massive powerhouse that is Luka Doncic, and he's coming back looking 
bigger, better than ever, more skilled, ready to go. And of course, Chris Pabst Porzingis, who I feel as though in the offseason was getting over some humps of maybe a little behind the scenes, rumor mill, dramatics, that type of deal, because we know that Dallas was in the news so much um, in the offseason. We, you know, have a new head coach in Jason Kidd. How crucial will Jason Kidd be to this? I don't want to say turnaround in Dallas, but they need a major step up, in, especially in the postseason. No, Jenna, I think you're right on. Look, the reason why I have Dallas in the playoff contenders and not like, you know, a locked playoff team. Look, I, I think they are. The reason why I have them there is this. I know what Luka Doncic is. One of the five best players in the league, right? MVP mm-hmm. candidate. Like, I, I know that. And that in and of itself, he's because he's one of those guys, that's usually good enough to get you 48, 50 wins. Just having one of those kinds of guys, right? Yeah. But here's what I don't know. What is the deal? And where are we on Kristaps Porzingis? When they made this move, I thought, oh, man, Luka and KP together? And that's going to be a nice, nice little duo. I, I think everyone did. I just, I don't, I, I don't know. He's constantly hurt. We heard about the potential, maybe not great relationship between him and Luka. What's going on there? Okay, put that aside. After Luka Doncic, Jenna. Who is the Mavericks' secondary on-ball creator? Yeah, see? There's no one. Yeah, see? You see, <laughs> you see you're like, quiet, right? You actually Tra- think about Trey it. Trey Burke? You think about it. Jalen uh, Brunson? Tim Hardaway Jr.? But to carry you over that hump that they need to be carried? No. And that is my point with them where I'm like, all right, like, I just... Yeah, Lucas. Lucas amazing and he's so good he can mask so many of those deficiencies particularly in the regular season but other than that and then let's also be clear fair about something jason kidd could have gotten better as a coach but based on what we saw for his last stints as head coach if you compare him to rick carlisle rick carlisle's a better coach so they may have taken a step down in x's and o's with jason kidd maybe not maybe kidd got better who knows Again, yeah. we'll see. So th- those reasons are why I moved them out of playoff locks into playoff. Because just because I just don't love beyond Luca. I'm like, meh. No, Every, everyone everyone else has got to show fair. me. The rest of you got to yep. show me. Luca's fine. Com- I know what I'm getting. Yeah, that's a completely fair assessment because Chris Asporzingis is coming off an extremely poor season, especially a dip in the post uh, season and injuries and. Injuries. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's another one of those guys. Came back more pounds of muscle on him. We'll see we'll how see. that translates we'll uh, down in the paint there. We'll see. Yeah, we shall see. Let's move on and talk about the Golden State Warriors because it would be ridiculous if I didn't start with the return of Clay Thompson after the ACL and then the consecutive injury of the Achilles, two devastating, the most devastating injuries you could suffer in the game, in my opinion. And I think we've talked about that before. But again, his return. So this is special because not only is it special for Golden State fans, but just in general, we're getting back to the old era that once pissed me off so bad <laughs> of the domination of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. But it's going to be nice to see them back together and and see Steph explode in another year of his prime, see Clay return. What can we expect from the Golden State Warriors? Are we going to see a completely different team, a.k.a. the old team? Well, so this is why, Jenna, I have them in contenders and not in solid playoff team. The Warriors, to me, are the most confounding team in the league. Again, I want to use this line I used last time I talked about the Dallas Mavericks. I know who Steph Curry is. I know that. I know what I'm getting there. 
am I getting the Clay Thompson back or am I getting a diminished version of Clay? I don't know. I got to see it. I have no idea. Particularly, I'm not worried about his shooting. Shooters will always be able to shoot. Is he going to be the right. same defensively? I don't know. And that's the thing that people forget. His defense is a large portion of why that team was able to do what they did. Okay. Um, I don't know. Did Draymond all of a sudden learn to shoot in the offseason? Or... I mean, he had that one year where he shot like 36, 37% from three. Hasn't been doing that lately. Is, is that back? I don't know. Jordan Poole, Juan Toscano Anderson. They're nice pieces. Young guys, but nice guys. Nice, nice young pieces. James Wiseman, mm-hmm. between college and last year as a rookie, has limited experience. And we're counting on... Injury. Yeah. And we're counting on Kaminga and Moody. They're rookies. Jonathan Kaminga and, and Moses Moody. Uh, we know from experience, rookies don't all of a sudden get good and like start dominating and help you win. Or do the Warriors package either a combination of Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody to get a solid all-star in return? I don't know. And so for all of those reasons, that's why I have Golden State here because they can easily be a solid playoff team and a five seed, possibly a four seed. But if the rest of this moves the way it is with just the roster in hand, I don't know that the rest of those guys are good enough. Now, if you're telling me Clay comes back and he's old Clay, Draymond, fine. But I don't know. I got to see it. Right. Right. Interesting that you say package for an all-star because I feel as though, let's let's call a spade a spade. Steph, of course, is in a, one of the years of his prime, but he's not getting any younger. And again, I'm not trying to pull a father time on him. But it's but true. But these guys... These guys, you know, they're in win now mode is what the point that I'm Correct. trying to make without insulting them about their age. But, you know, it, it is what it is. You're in win now mode. You want another chip. You want to bring it back. So you need Clay to come back almost 100% from what he was. And again, it's an Achilles. You're never going to come back Achilles really 100%. Achilles and an ACL. Kobe and an ACL. Yeah. I mean, unless you're Kevin Durant, but that's a different story. But the thing with Clay is one of the best two-way players in the league. So is he going to be explosive off, you know what I mean? So again, that's time will tell with that, but yeah, they're in win now mode. So I'll be interested to see what moves they make and what assets they get because, um, you know, they could, they could surprise everyone. Yeah. If, I mean, if you got look, Steph dropping 50 a game, we know no. what Steph is and we know Draymond is on defense and how he facilitates on offense. Look again, if those three are, and Clay is closely back to what he was, then yeah, as I said, that's a top four seed, no doubt. Like, but if anything's one of those things aren't working, then they ain't that, right? Yeah, big facts. I mean, we shall see. Um, let's move on here and talk about the Grizzlies and John ja Morant because while they have him, they have a guy, the guy, the franchise face. What else do you have? I mean. I know they got your guy in uh, Triple J over there hanging out, and you're expecting a breakout season. I already caught you on every other one of your 10 shows today. But talk to me about your Grizzlies and give us some insider knowledge Well, here. Jenna, you know I am high on my Grizzly Cubs. Like, I think they can really make a move up this year and potentially win around in the postseason. Look, John Morant has been transcendent, and he's getting better. Will his three-point shot get better? That's a big thing for them. Can he get to the free throw line more? Right now, he's averaging about four and a half, five trips to the line. Can he get there six and a half, seven times a game, right? Like, 
That's important. Easy points at the free throw line. But the key to them making this ascension that I'm thinking in like potentially winning around in the playoffs, moving up from the play in area to like, you know, a seven, a six seed, right? Well, that's, that's technically still playing, but you know what I mean? Like higher than 10 or nine, right? Okay. It's Jaron Jackson Jr. That's Triple J is the key. Coach David Thorpe and I said it. We see when he came out of the draft, we were like, man, this guy could be Tim Duncan 2.0, right? Ooh. Now, defensively, he has not been able to do that. And he's had some health issues early in his career. But though, so far in the preseason, Jenna, his foul rate, which has been the thing, as you know, that's been hampering him. His first few years in the league, he's had the highest foul rate in the league. Literally like a foul a second. Seems like he started the game with two fouls before he even tipped off. All right? His foul rate has been down dramatically in the pre- it's preseason, I know, but way down. His rebounding Important numbers have gone up, which is big. Remember, we had him on the show, and I, was, I joked, I'm like, you're a rebound better, bro. Like, his rebound numbers have gone up. My anxiety. <laughs> My anxiety. I and when, like, he's, when he's healthy, he's a 39% shooter from three. Look, Jenna, if he's doing 20 points a game, seven, eight boards, one and a half blocks, and shooting 38, 39% from three, yeah, that plus with John Morant, that's huge. Now, news just came down right before we started recording that Dylan Brooks, one of their starting guards, he had a hand injury um, in the offseason and surgery. He will not be ready to start the season. They're still reevaluating that. So that's going to hurt them because Dylan in many ways is uh an emotional leader for them and someone who can hit tough shots so that's going to hurt them so they're going to need desmond bang kyle anderson and some of their other players to step up and play better um so that's going to hurt them a little bit to start the season um but they're going to have to play those young guys and again if ja and triple j can be who we think they are i think this team's going to be great this season yeah, I mean, I think I might need to even drop a little most improved player, little nod for Triple J, a little bit ahead of time, and uh, cast it out there, put it into the universe, mm-hmm, and maybe mm-hmm. it'll come back for us. Let's move on and talk about the Trailblazers, because after a dramatic offseason, Dame has committed, of course, to his beloved Portland and, of course, the rest of the backcourt and C.J. McCollum and the big addition of Larry Nance Jr. And I think getting Larry Nance is great for them on the offensive end more than the defensive end, but is it enough to take them over again, this hump? They're another team that has a postseason hump that they need to get over. So that was Dame's big thing, right? We're just not good enough to win a championship, right? Well, mm-hmm. is, is this roster gotten better enough to your point to win a championship? No, don't look like it to me. Um, and not only that, you have first-year head coach and Chauncey Billups, right? So that's going to be a whole mm-hmm. new process. And look, Dame is a loyal guy. He wants to give this a chance. You know, on True Hoop, we reported that Dame was going to request a trade. Um, again, we still stand by that reporting because we ver- we know our sources. Now, Dame got angry that the source let that out, which is why he then pulled back and said, no, I'm staying and doing all that. Look, mm-hmm. we shall see. I don't know that he's going to be long for Portland because this roster right now, that's not, that's not a top three. That's not a contending roster. That's not good enough to win a championship. So I don't, I, so again, I don't know what he's thinking. Like, okay, stick around. We'll see what happens. But this roster as it is, and I love CJ McCollum. Um, you know, they got good players over there, but not enough to win in the West. 
hey, again, another team, we shall see. But I think that the way Dame handled this summer was his ticket to say, okay, you need to take some action. If not, if this team isn't good enough, which they tanked in free agency. So again, I mean, yes, Larry Nance, but other than that, they didn't make any big moves to please Dame. And so let's, let's be clear, is, as much as we like Larry Nance, Larry Nance Jr. ain't moving the needle and making you a championship contender. Exactly, exactly, which I, again, they tanked in free agency. So this was Dame's ticket to say, hey, I put it out in the public that you guys needed to do something. I've done my part. So this is it. This is my last season until I'm out of here. Bron Bron, what's up? Hurry up. I only got a couple <laughs> years left. Let's go. <laughs> That's it. All right. Let's move on here and talk about solid playoff teams that we have so much faith in. At least we hope. But again, <laughs> they've even surprised us in the past. Let's talk about the Denver Nuggets with the return of Jamal Murray after the ACL. Returning MVP, Nikola Jokic. Michael Porter Jr., who should hopefully buy everybody Rolexes because he just got paid. So <laughs> this trio alone, talk to me about it. What is going on in Denver? So Jenna, if Jamal Murray were healthy to start the season, because again, he's coming off the ACL, so we probably won't see him till the spring at the earliest. If he was healthy, just in time for the postseason. If he was healthy, I would have picked them to come out of the West. This was my pick to come out of the Western Conference, but he ain't. So that's why they're in the playoff category, but not in the contender category. And I don't know what he's going to look like coming off the ACL. So we got to wait and see. However, they do have Nikola Jokic, the reigning MVP, and Michael Porter Jr. might damn well make his first All Star team. Okay, so because he's going to get a lot of shots up now, <laughs> right? And we know he's one thing he can do is score that rock. You know, um, I would have two balls in my hand at this point. Oh, sounds terrible. I would have two basketballs in my hand at this point, just chucking them up in the game. Literally, I just got paid. Let's go. So I, I, I he's probably going to skip into the lineup. I mean, listen, you you know, I'm I'm a big fan of MPJ. I don't love his anti-vax stance, but um, big fan ah. of, big fan of his game. And I, I I like this Denver team a lot. I think again, institutional knowledge is there. I think they'll be fine. They had a rough playoff go. Again, no Murray, and, you know, it was, it was a rough, rough, go, rough going of things. But I think they're going to come in this year, be solid, and uh, I, I like the squad to be, you know, be right up right up in the mix. And, again, if Murray comes back in time for the playoffs and he's good, they can make some noise in the postseason. But that's a big if because he hurt the ACL in, what, May, I want to say? It was late. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's not even a full 12 months, right? So we'll see. Yeah. We shall see about that. Excited to see them, though. Let's talk about the Clippers, because the Clippers are just... It's like <laughs> seeing the Lakers without LeBron. That's what it is. I mean, you have Kyrie, or Kyrie, you have Kawhi mm -hmm. recovering from the ACL, and while the Clippers are optimistic, you're starting the season without Kawhi Leonard. So immediately you're going to have Paul George leading this team, but then you have Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Serge Ibaka, Terrence Mann, maybe Eric Bledslow. While these are all good names together, can the Clippers come together and make something happen, especially without Kawhi Leonard? So, of course, they can't win it without Kawhi. We know that, right? So they are not a contender. I think they're a solid playoff team, though. Look, I don't love Bled in the backcourt, but Reggie Jackson has revitalized his career in Los Angeles with the Clippers. And remember, they yeah. – I mean, yes, Kawhi was there for part of it, but they, they beat the Utah Jazz, the number one seed, right? They were – they did that. Um, Terrence Mann's a great young player. Does Justice Winslow finally figure things out in, in, in Los Angeles with Ty Lue? Um, and as much as we make fun of Pandemic P and whatever and all this stuff, 
Paul George can hoop. This guy can play. He is very good. Facts. And if he's now the number one option and you run things, oh, I think it's fine. That's good enough, right? They can do that. And if Kawhi comes back at any point this season, I think they'll be solid. The Clippers should be a solid, solid ball club. Um, you know, I think the West, because of injuries, are so muddled, right? Like they're just a muddled, muddled league, uh, conference this year and not as strong as they've been in the years past. I mean, the East is clearly a superior conference right now. Uh, but, you know, I think the Clippers are still a solid team. Agreed. Um, I'm expecting hopeful, exciting things out of them. Let's move on to title contenders, the most exciting teams in the West. Our picks, of course, which are likely, hopefully, if you're in your logical, right, rational mind, yours as well. So let's kick things off with the Lakers. And I'm not even going to sit here and crack a geriatric joke because I think that all of you guys are going to eat your words. Yes, are these guys you know, one step away from, <laughs> you know, we're not even going to go there. But, okay, LeBron James, we have the acquisitions of Russell Westbrook, the return in Rondo. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony. That's what I mean by, hey, Bron, Bron, I need a chip. Let's go. It's late in the game. So talk to me about this team. Of course, they get trolled about their age. However, let's talk about the flip side of it, which nobody talks about. The the years of experience, the way they see their the court vision. Don't with the smirk. I see the smirk. <laughs> I see the smirk. I can't even. I can't even. You know. So on on my notes, Jenna, I have will Team AARP be okay come postseason? Because that's who they are. They are Team AARP. Look, Trevor Trevor Ariza is already hurt. Already, he's gonna miss okay. the start of the year. He's all old guy already hurt to start the year. And here's what's okay, gonna. We're getting it out of the Here's way. Here's what's going to hurt them now. Taylor Horton Tucker, Talon Horton Tucker, young guy, thumb surgery, ligaments. Okay, well, that's a young guy who's hurt. They're going to need THT and Malik Monk to really play a lot of minutes and help them uh, this year because they are an old team. Look, I know how great LeBron James is, but let's be clear about something. Every year he's been in LA since he got here, he's had an injury. We know what the number one predictor of future injury is. Previous injury. Listen, he can't be robotic man forever, okay? There's going to be some kind of nick or whatever that's going to take him out for a little bit of time, it seems. Now, you'll be all good if Anthony Davis plays like Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis is Defensive Player of the Year, potential potential league MVP, you're good to go. But uh, as Charles Barkley so so eloquently called him on inside the NBA last year, street close, okay? Because Anthony Davis leads the league in going back to the locker room, right? And it's just like, listen, injury prone this team, right? They have a lot of guys who get banged up. So let's just say, Jenna, all things being equal. They make it through. They're healthy. Everybody's fine. Whatever. I think if they're healthy in the regular season, they'll win a ton of games and be a potential one seed. I don't like this team come postseason because there's not enough spacing on the floor. When you, we, we already know the Russell Westbrook situation, so we don't got to go into that. The non-shooting there. Okay. You got to surround him with, or if Rondo, we know also non-shooting. You put Malik Monk out there to shoot. Okay, good. Or Wayne Ellington to, to get around him so that way you have shooting. Well, you give up defense now and Russ ain't great on defense either. And remember this Lakers team, when they won the title, Two years ago in the bubble, what was their identity? Defense. Well, they're mm-hmm. worse on defense as a team now. So, again, are they good enough? Can, 
Of course they are. But the age and how they're going to look come postseason as it relates to floor spacing, that's what has me like, mm, I don't know. I ain't betting on that. You know what? My opinion is that I just, in in the NBA soap opera that like lives in this side of my head and then like the real world is like right here, I think to myself, I'm not joking. It's like, they're going to make a show out of it one day. Like LeBron James, like whatever team he's on, especially the Lakers, it's like a little secret society. It's like, oh, <laughs> once you're in, like, come on over with me. Then there's movie premieres, random parties on a Tuesday, getting blacked out <laughs> off of Wolf, whatever the hell tequila it is. And I think to myself, like, oh, my God. So maybe, maybe, just hear me out. You know how LeBron, you know, does all these things with his body and whatnot. I'm thinking that maybe he bought all of these men, these geriatric men, not for the rookies. But these guys, you know, each one of their own, like, Benjamin Button Chambers that they can all, you Benjamin know. Benjamin Button Chambers. Hibernate and, and, like, you know, stay strong for the season. So I'm hoping that they come out, you know, refreshed, ready to go, all of a sudden youthful and ready to, ready to go. Well, ready look. To take it all, baby. Maybe they found Ponce de Leon and the Fountain of Youth. We'll see. You never know. Maybe they went to Italy, damn it. All right, <laughs> let's move on because I'm going to get emotional. Let's go not too far, short plane ride away, couple hour drive to Phoenix to talk about the Suns because, as you guys know, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and of course, they made a nice run to the finals last season. However, this season, the West looks much different and the East is a juggernaut that we just went over last week. Go check out the episode. So let's talk about this, though, because apparently there are still rumblings of tension with this eight in contract that they apparently refused to give the man his money, although he was a huge part of their finals run last season. Well, they're going to so, have to get that squared away, Jenna. And that if that is the case and I'm hearing similar things, I don't want that to be the thing that derails them, because right now that's the thing I see that can derail them. Otherwise, this is the same team that went to the finals last year. By the way, the same team that went to the finals last year and had a 2-0 lead in the NBA Finals, okay? So, we talked about it last week and at the beginning of this show. Milwaukee flying under the radar, right? No one's thinking about them because of the disaster in Philly. What's going on with Kyrie and Brooklyn? Nobody thinking about the Phoenix Suns either. What's everybody saying? Oh, last year was a fluke. The only reason why they got so far is because everybody was hurt. Blah, blah, blah. This, that, and the third. Okay. Fly under the radar. Do your thing. Let's get that DeAndre Ayton situation handled. And then think about it. You got Bridges makes another leap. Devin Booker makes another leap. Uh, DeAndre Ayton makes another leap. The point God is who he is. He does his thing. Cam Johnson steps up again. Campaign off the bench. Like Jay Crowder has been excellent. I like this squad a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. And people, the coaching. And Monty Williams has been fantastic. And I think people are just going to sleep on them and think, oh, you know. They were a fluke last year. They're no, they're not the real deal. But like, they come back in. They're still that top one, top two seed. And you're like, ooh, Phoenix, look out. Exactly. And whatever is going on with that contract, it really is bothersome to me because I did see a report right before we started recording. And again, I didn't look at the source, anything. I was just scrolling through Twitter. But it was something like, you know, the Suns don't see Aiden as the caliber of money like Luca or a Trey. They wild again. They wild if they don't see person, that. <laughs> I take yeah, I take that's that a, super that's, personal. That's, that's, the, that's the, the MJ meme, right? Yeah, I took, I took, like, that, I took that personally. <laughs> for real, man. 
And like to this young guy who is developing too still, and I mean his mind as well, he's credited Chris Paul for helping him very much. I mean, come on. Like he banged himself up all finals last season. As I said. Pay the man. They do not make the NBA finals last year without DeAndre Ayton. And number Mm -hmm. two, I know Giannis went off and did his thing. However, if you look at the numbers, when DeAndre Ayton guarded Giannis, he did the best. Giannis was under 50% from the floor. So my point is, you need this man if you think you're winning a championship. Okay, the idea of, like, he's not worth what Luka and Trey is. Stop. Like, stop. (laughs) No DeAndre Ayton. This team is trash. (laughs) And uh, repeating what we said last week, too, because I know um, you also feel strongly about this especially when you have these young rookies don't mess with their money don't with young guys like Uh -uh. this don't do it because they feel feel disrespected right that's not that's Mm -hmm. not where you want to go and then when somebody comes in and swoops them up because he could be eligible to be um a free agent so you got that right you got that right you just watch and see phoenix you will climb right back down to the dumpster (laughs) that you were as fast as you climbed up i'm laughing because personally they were one of the original dumpster fires indeed let's go to our last team in the west the title contender of course the utah jazz led by of course donovan mitchell and co and this is a special team they were the number one seed in the west all last season and again another postseason slump for them but there is so much potential in utah it is not even funny. Talk to me about this squad. They were the number one team with all the metrics last year in the NBA. Number one. Um, so this is something to prove. Now, to be fair, they had injuries at the worst time last year to Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, right? Like a bad ankle sprain. I mean, you, you, right? I mean, you, your your starting guards are out. Like that's that's you're you're done, right? That's not, that doesn't help you. Okay. Now, of course, Rudy Gobert, best defender in the league, um, three time DPOI uh, winner. You know. He's a huge and integral part of this team. But now this is something to prove for the for the Jazz for sure. And this is show me time. No more excuses, okay? Quinn Snyder has to be better as a coach in the postseason. He cannot, again, I always talk about this, Jenna. Why do I love Ty Lue and Nick Nurse so much? Because they're not wedded to their system, okay? Like intransigence is not what you need in the postseason. You got to be flexible. Yo, this ain't working? Cool. Let's flip it and do something different, Okay whatever it takes to win and Quinn has not shown that ability to adjust in game and do what's necessary as well as someone like Ty Lue right who who does the same thing Mm -hmm. so they picked up some nice acquisitions they got Rudy Gay which I think is gonna be a nice nice fit for them I don't I don't love Hassan Whiteside instead of Derek Favors even though Favors would get targeted on defense Hassan Whiteside not great they lost George Niang uh Ersan Ilyasova Ersan Ilyasova I mentioned Favors um they have all the pieces you need to be an NBA championship squad. They have it. It's there. Mm-hmm. They do. Will they is a question. And again, that's on Quentin. That's on Donovan and Rudy and everybody. Hey, all ships pointing in the right direction. Let's do the thing. We shall see. But this team is good exactly. enough. They're, they're, they are more than good enough. This is their time. And speaking of the Jazz, last quick note. Um did you see Dwayne Wade's son yes. signed with mm-hmm. the G League affiliate mm-hmm. of the Jazz? I mean, what's good of being the owner of the Jazz if you can't get any perks? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I mean what's, the, what's, the, what's the point? If I can't get my son a shot on the G League squad, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> hey, hey, he's good. He's good. Check out that highlight. Little, little, little Zaire Wade. Just, just Zaire. 
That's it. Oh, God, I love it. I just want to cry. I'm so happy for me. <laughs> all right. Here I am. I'm okay. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> all right, Gerard, take us home, dear. Well, folks, as always, you know where to find us. I will say those were our two conference preview episodes. We'll do one more bonus episode this week because we're going to do our award selections, MVP, Six Man of the Year, DPOY, all that jazz, um, Rookie of the Year, blah, 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 blah. We'll get through all that. So there'll be one more episode this week. And next week, Jenna, we're ready, man. Season tips off on Tuesday. Uh, Nets at Bucks and Warriors at Lakers. So, folks, you know where to find us. <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Um, we are on Twitter, at 7 Pod, on Instagram, at 7 Podcast, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Selly. And until next time, peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Tryna have a plan that we may come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't wanna trap, what's a man gon' do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Ride around 10, came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do When we pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene